the blast from our past network. Hot ride! Hot ride! Hello, Newman. This is so f***ing good! Nothing for you! These pretzels are making me thirsty! Not that there's anything wrong with that. Serenity now! He's a re-gifter! Well, let's start the insanity. Giddy up. Welcome to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. We are two super fans giving you every single episode of Seinfeld back to back. Seinfeld is your jam, my jam, everybody's jam, because it's awesome. It's Seinfeld, and I'm Adam. And I'm Corey. And today we are talking The Mom and Pop Store, Season 6, Episode 8. It first aired on November 17th, 1994. Corey, my man, could you please give us that synopsis? Alrighty, the mom and pop store. George thinks he bought John Voight's car. Kramer tries to save a mom and pop store. Jerry crashes Dr. Tim Watley's party to watch the Macy's Thanksgiving Day Parade. All right, so that gives a little bit uh, better synopsis than our last episode. They actually have a couple <laughs> different storylines that they brought up. So, uh, all right, and per usual, we start with a stand-up. This one on car names. <laughs> you know, yeah. So so far, he's been on a roll with some some good stand-ups right here. Uh, car names are stupid, aren't they? Like no Baron has ever owned a LeBaron or the Ford LTD Limited. It's a limited edition. What did they make? 50 million of those? Yes, it's quote-unquote limited to the number we can sell. <laughs> or, or when they try and mangle a, a positive word into a car name. You know, like they'll do, like how they'll do that with the Integra. Oh, Integrity? No, Integra. The Supra or the Impreza. Yeah, well, I hope it's not a Limona or you'll be hearing from my lawyer. <laughs> yeah, that was, was okay. Yeah, I liked it. That, that was, was fine. Fun. All right. So we start off at a used car lot with George. And, you know, he uh, quickly gets interested. He was going for a Volvo, but instead he gets interested in this car, a LeBaron, that was previously owned by John Voigt, is who the uh, car salesman says. So I'm, I'm interested in that car salesman afro. I mean, that guy had the <laughs> wildest hair I've ever seen. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Um, now, I will say, for that for that you know early mid nineties, LeBaron convertibles I think is a pretty decent looking car. Look, definitely yeah. looks better than a Volvo to me. Yeah, I think it was just because of you know Kelly Blue Book or something. Volvos Volvos are supposed to be Safe good cars, just, yeah. yeah, reliable, better cars, yeah. yeah. Definitely. My dad was a used car salesman my entire life, pretty much. Uh, he huh. sold um, like Buicks and Pontiacs and stuff like that. So, okay. yeah. yeah, that's that's all I got. <laughs> <laughs> OK. All right. Uh, at the apartment, Jerry's on the phone with Tim Watley. Uh, we only hear Jerry's side of it, uh, but he wants Elaine's address to invite her to a party. George comes in with keys to the LeBaron. He did get it. He's all kind of high and mighty, though, uh, about it being John Voigt's previous car. We're getting, obviously, that eh, George John High pretentious, not really super pretentious, but very confident, excited George. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we know we know what's going to happen. <laughs> we know what to expect, <laughs> and I love every minute of it. <laughs> yeah. I do love Jerry and Elaine call him out for buying this car just because of the previous owner. Like, there's yeah. no other reason. Yeah. So, 
All right. In comes Kramer, who is upset about this local shoe store that's going to go out of business. Uh, you know, they're just not doing so hot, and it'll probably become some, some something like a coffee shop or something. Lane's like, yeah, I like coffee. Uh, <laughs> He's like, co- coffee and cookies. And I like how George is like, I like cookies, and said it exactly uh. like Kramer said it. <laughs> But Kramer's yeah. so fucking right, bro. Mom and pop stores, like, they got killed in the late 90s and then into the aughts yeah. and then now, you know, because oh, of Walmart yeah. and everything. But, yeah, it was so true. And looking at this episode now, I'm just like, damn, yep, yep, mom and pop stores got killed in the late 90s. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, it, in general, like, who goes to a shoe repair person? You know, most people don't even have shoes that need to be cobbled, and that's that's the line that we're gonna have later. Um, <laughs> you know, most of us just most of us because of those fucking cheap, low quality stuff that you can just buy for so so low, uh, so so little money. You just eh, you just chuck away your shoes and buy another pair. Yeah. You don't you don't get like good quality ones anymore anymore. But we did find out on Curb, uh, I think it was like the second episode of Curb, season one, where he takes his his shoes to get cleaned at the yeah. the shoes place, and I, that was the thing I never really thought was you could do was actually just yeah. go take your sneakers to get like uber cleaned because I I like mm-hmm. a nice pair of like white sneakers. I'll get like the what are those like those sponges that have like the OxyClean on it that you can like clean anything off of white walls? The magic um, erasers. Yeah, the magic eraser. I would get one of those for my white shoes, and because I like having yeah. my white shoes cleaned and nice, but I didn't know that like shoe yeah. repair places also can just refurbish like sneakers mm-hmm. essentially, which is would applicable to Jerry here. Yeah, exactly. It happens in this one. Um, I do like how Kramer kind of calls Elena yuppie. Uh, because she likes her coffee. Yep. Uh, now, this was kind of during like that early start of the boom of uh, Starbucks and yep. other stuff like that. Um, but I don't feel we hear the term yuppie anymore. You know? I think I think yuppie was late 80s, early 90s. I think Kramer was was resurrecting it for that. Yeah, you're right. You're right. Because, yeah, yuppie, I mean, yuppie is that that high business class kind of like douche but like like um wall street gecko american psycho those are all yuppies but the funny thing is when i think coffee shop i think hipsters now i think jobless uh um you know worthless hipsters (laughs) or or (laughs) avocado toast eating hipsters or if you're in la just a bunch of people writing scripts on their on their laptop (laughs) with free internet (laughs) anyway um kramer calls george Bocambo, uh, Bocambo. I looked ahead. I I, so he said this is very similar to when he's called somebody like uh, Jerry or George Mojambo before. Yeah, Mojambo. So, yeah. When, but here he says Bocambo or Bucambo. I had to like turn on this the uh, the captions and be like, well, what the fuck do you say? And then I looked it up to try to be like, is he referencing something? He wasn't. He was just using one of his weird nonsensical nicknames. That's what I figured. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, Kramer wants Jerry to give them. Some business, the small, uh, you know, small mom and pop owned shoe store. So he does, um, and Kramer takes his sneakers for him and drops off all these box. So many sneakers. That's what the guy says, and Jer- and Kramer mentions. Well, he's got a Peter Pan complex. <laughs> I wrote that down. I like that. And I want to be like, how many times have we said the phrase man child yeah. on an episode? And I was like, yeah, that's about right. He just wants to stay a child forever. Yep. Yep. <laughs> and it's funny because Kramer, if it was now, if it was written now, Kramer just would have said he's a bit of a man child. Yeah. Very true. Uh, did you recognize, um, well, either the mom or the pop? 
Uh, I looked them up on IMDb, and they have a lot of credits that I would know. The mom more so, but she didn't really jump out at me. No, I, I did not recognize without the aid of IMDb. Yeah. Uh, but when I saw her, and uh, she played uh, a short character on Back to the Future, uh, she played the clock tower lady who was, who was waving the flyer, save the clock tower, yeah. save the clock tower. Uh, and I just like, oh, good. That's another bit of nostalgia that I love. Yeah, so. yeah. I think that was probably the main thing I sort of knew her from. Yeah, okay. Uh, Kramer gets a random nosebleed uh, mm-hmm. out of nowhere. And so they have him lie back. I always remember there was a big discussion on should you tilt your head back or should you tilt your head forward? All this kind of stuff. Because I remember people saying, oh, if you tilt your head back, you might drown on your own blood or something. Do you remember hearing that? Yeah, of course. Yeah, yeah. It's like a guess if you fall asleep or something. But Jesus Christ, I mean, just roll over. I don't see. That's the thing. I don't get nosebleeds. I've literally had probably three nosebleeds in my entire life. My doctor said I wouldn't have so many nosebleeds if I just kept my finger out of there. (laughs) And the three nosebleeds that I've had, I think it's from picking my nose and uh, yeah, so, <laughs> causing it yeah. myself. That's a, that's a Ralph Wiggum line from Simpsons <laughs> that I stole. So, uh, But anyway, while laying back in this couch that they have, he notices some wires up on the ceiling. And it seems dangerous. And so he tells them they need to call an electrician. All right. Uh, all right so uh, we can either talk about it then or now. But my question is, wouldn't that be the 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 building owner's problem but i guess they own their building or they own their unit i doubt they would i don't know right. how, i, I too wouldn't many... think they would either yeah. so so why would this be fall on them i guess that's a fair question okay okay good talk good talk <laughs> you're like uh, i have no answer for you, i didn't but it's think a fair of that. question <laughs> I I didn't think of it, so I'm moving on. <laughs> All right, very good. <laughs> uh, Elaine, Elaine, uh, is that Mr. Pitts yes. listening to some big band music? Yeah, uh, and she's picking off the salt from the pretzels. Um, <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, I'm not quite as bad as Mr. Pitt, but I do not like oversalted pretzels. Uh, my note is the salt's the best part. <laughs> But I have a very strong, like, you know, some people have a strong sweet tooth. I have a uh-huh. very strong salt tooth. Gotcha. Yeah. I, when I have, like, an overly salted, uh, particularly, I, I never get the hard pretzels. Fuck hard pretzels. Mm-hmm. I'm not a fan. But a nice, big, warm pretzel. Yeah. Oh, yeah, that you can dip into, like, a beer cheese or a good mustard. Um, that, I am a big old fan. But yeah. sometimes the, 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 the salt is just too much. And, and I'll just I'll kind of just with my hands scrape off. I'll, I'll rip off my piece and then scrape off all, as much salt as I can. Yeah. And, and all that being said, I also do not like dry pretzel, pretzels. I Cause, only, cause they're, they're making you thirsty. They make me fucking <laughs> thirsty, guys. I, but like, and they don't even like, you're like, okay, I'm in the mood for some chips. We'll have some pretzels. It just... It's not the same, dude. It just, it doesn't scratch that itch. But as much as I dislike hard pretzels is how much I love salt pretzels. Sorry, soft Soft pretzels. pretzels. Yep. Oh, yeah. All right. So uh, listening to this contest or listening to this station, there's a contest to name the songs as they come up. And the person who wins or gets it will uh, win a spot to hold the Woody Woodpecker balloon. In the Macy's Day Thanksgiving Day Parade. I love how happy Mr. Pitt is about all of this. Yeah, he's super excited about, you know, the Thanksgiving Day Parade. And, you know, because it was something that his father, um, who thought it was just too plebeian for yeah. him, basically, and for their family. So uh, so now he wants to do it now that he's, you know, his own man. He can do it. So uh, the next song comes up and Elaine 
does get it. It's next stop Pottersville, and you love, you know, Mr. Pitt's little next stop Pottersville, next stop Pottersville. <laughs> just that's like a, a classic little quick uh, Mr. Pitt moment. Oh man, I love Mr. Pitt. And honestly, I forgot about this episode and i forgot about mr pitt in it and boy i just any come on anytime mr pitt's on the screen man i just i love that man so much r.i.p r.i.p dude yep ian abercrombie yep all right uh jerry isn't convinced george's car uh, was the actual john voight's the actor, John Voight, so kind of gets George a little bit in a panic. You know, he's like, you know, he doesn't want to believe it. Um, we do get a little dig at Liam Neeson here, <laughs> a kind of a, a Schindler's List reference, um, which I think I I like John Voight, but I don't think anyone in today's society or anyone like around our age would think Liam Neeson is a far less better actor than yeah. John Voight. Now, granted, George is only saying that um, because he wants to hype up John Voight, you know, he's like, Psh, you know, Oscar Schindler, that's nothing compared to Joe Buck, uh, who Joe Buck is the character from um, uh, Midnight Cowboy. Yeah. Yeah. So. Have you? I've never seen Midnight Cowboy. Have you? I've seen bits and pieces, but I've okay. never actually seen the whole thing. Okay. And I know yeah. we, we we know that at the end of this episode is a reference yes. to that. But And, um, and everyone in their right mind knows I'm walking here. I'm yeah. walking here. And that's yeah. that's pretty much what most people know about midnight cowboy and and that's that's famous as as it as it's possibly a gaffe meaning they didn't like 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 he, yeah, was, dustin it, it hoffman improv yeah, yeah it was improv he almost got hit by the car but he mm-hmm. he stayed in character and everything yeah. you know so well dustin hoffman i'm is i'm pretty certain is is very much like a method actor he was yeah. kind of came from that uh stanislavski school of acting yeah um you know kind of like the similar with um richard dreyfus kind of stuff where they they are met their method is their is their style I did see The Graduate though with with uh, Dustin Hoffman. That was okay. Mm-hmm. I, I didn't. I kind of didn't get the appeal of <laughs> which it, which also ends with a bus scene, yeah, which has I, a very famous bus scene in it. And, and at first, in this, I thought that it was The Graduate, and I was like, no, no, this yeah. is not The Graduate bus scene. Which we've seen yeah. references to that in other shows and stuff. Tons of stuff. Yeah. And I was like, which one's this one? I was like, oh no, that's right. This one's uh, uh, Midnight Cowboy. Okay, that's right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Hey everybody, it's your two favorite podcast hosts, Adam and Corey from Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, and we have something very exciting to tell you about. That's right. We have decided to take on not just Seinfeld, but also Curb Your Enthusiasm, exclusive to our Patreon feed. So that means every single month we go episode by episode of Curb Your Enthusiasm. And the fun thing is, I've never seen Curb Your Enthusiasm before, so I am super excited to go down this road with you, Adam. But even better, when you join at the Curb Your Enthusiasm tier, you also unlock the complete back catalog of Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast, totally ad-free. So you get Seinfeld, you get Curb, and you get Adam and Corey. What else could you want? I don't know, maybe to dip my bald head in oil and rub it all over your body? Uh, I'm sorry, Corey. That's another tier. We're not ready for that yet. (laughs) Yeah, you're right. All right. Well, now back to Cartwright, a Seinfeld podcast. All right. Jerry needs to swap shoes because George won't let him in the car with uh, some gum on his shoes. So he goes back to to his apartment. But all his sneakers were taken to the cleaners. Uh, And so, you know, he yells for Kramer. Uh, It's all Kramer's fault, damn it. Um, We do see George singing... Everybody's talking at me. It's a, it's a song that was on the Midnight Cowboy. And he says, yeah. you know, yeah, 
Um, just driving around in John Voight's car. Yeah, it's good. I like it. I like the it's, energy. Yeah. I like George's energy in this in this episode. Yeah, yeah exactly. Um, so uh, all Jerry has left are some cowboy boots, <laughs> which make him look ridiculous in them. Um, one, when you're wearing cowboy boots, put your jeans yes. over the boots, not inside the boots. Yes. Do At you own? I, yeah. Do you own a pair of cowboy boots? I do not, but I would. I, I don't dislike cowboy boots. I'm just not a country kind of guy, um, but I like the look of cowboy boots. Uh, yeah, I have no issues with them. I owned one black pair uh, once in my life, and I wore them to Homecoming back in, I think, 1995. <laughs> and oh, it, it gets better, buddy. Um, I basically, you know, before the term cosplay was even existent, I essentially cosplayed as Mr. Blonde from Reservoir Dogs. Oh, so I had wow. the all I had the all black suit with the thin black tie, and then I had the black cowboy boots on, like Mr. Blonde does yep. uh, in in Reservoir Dogs. And that's how I went to to prom or, or homecoming, whatever that year. And it's funny because yeah, now you would say I cosplayed, but back then I was like, yeah, I just dressed up like Mr. Blonde. But yeah, and they were cool. Like I like the way that they look. But they are not comfortable for long periods of time. Yeah, yeah, I, I don't imagine so. They don't look like it. <laughs> no, so. no. I think you're All supposed right. to be riding on a horse or something. I don't think you're supposed to be standing on cowboy mm-hmm. boots for that long. Yeah. Uh, so here we get another little throwback, uh, which was kind of cute. Where you know they're saying, "Oh, you look like a cowboy," and he goes, "I don't want to be a cowboy." <laughs> exactly like how I don't want to be a pirate. He I said it. with the with the pirate shirt. That so. made that made me so happy. Yeah. Now I feel like uh, if if I know that it doesn't happen later in the show, but they should of him looking like a ninja, and he said, "I don't want to be a ninja because you got cowboys, you got pirates, <laughs> and I think you're missing ninjas." That'd be great. <laughs> yeah. All right. Um, also, Kramer and George get invitation to Tim Watley's party, but Jerry hasn't gotten one, uh, which is strange because you know Tim Watley asked him for George and Elaine's addresses so they could get invites. Um, which to me is rude as all fucking hell. Yeah. Yeah, that's weird. I mean, if if you really want George and Kramer and Elaine to be there and you don't like Jerry, and by the way, we never get a conclusion to that, but yeah. like if you don't like Jerry, then A, you just you can't not invite him but his three other friends. You mm-hmm. have to just suck it up and invite him as well. Agreed. Absolutely agreed. All right, so uh, the shoe place apparently has to pay four thousand dollars to repair these to repair these electrical wires and whatever this thing is, or else they're going to be against the code. But you're right, electricians aren't the code enforcers, but I don't know, maybe they have to follow some specific well, rules. I, I got no problem with with that guy, yeah. the worker, saying I have to report you if you don't fix it. But my problem is, so if mom and pop own that building, then yes, mm. they have to do it. But if they're yeah. renting then that's the landlord it fixes all that shit probably i don't really know enough about real <laughs> new york real re- estate yeah <laughs> yeah real estate or like commercial uh you know renting versus residential renting yeah so uh, i don't know I but what i did think immediately with this whole setup was you know they're they they blame kramer for this and it just like to me i was like well i saw this before with babu bot this is the exact same fucking premise that you guys have already done before uh, yeah i yeah yeah the kramer stuff yeah the whole mom and pop thing with kramer is kind of kind of yeah. weak on on this episode i, I will admit mm-hmm. so uh george and jerry are 
driving in the car. Uh, they see a chewed pencil, which is, you know, John Voight's chewed pencil marks. Now, real uh, quick, uh, I will say, now they do use the traditional, like, in the car, but with the, obviously, the, the blue screen background. Yeah. But there is one establishing shot at the beginning of them driving down the street, and it is not New York. It is definitely Van Nuys. <laughs> oh, really? That's yeah. awesome. <laughs> yeah. Uh, New York and Van Nuys do not look, and, and just L.A. a lot does not look anything no, not similar. at all. uh also jerry notices that in the owner's manual it is a john voight but it's a john voight with an h Mm -hmm. john j-o-h-n and jerry eats it up (laughs) and he gets what he deserves here not gonna lie i mean i love it i love everything but but come on (laughs) yeah oh my god i mean that's what that's what friends do like they want you to eat shit they're gonna be by your side but they want you to eat shit and they're gonna laugh about it and that's exactly what is happening right here yeah and then you know what you may get kicked out of the car in the bad side of town but it was all worth it for the laugh that you just got Exactly. So, yeah, he gets kicked out uh, and some kind of street toughs or whatever are kind of intimidate him a little bit. And he has to try and run. But because he's in these cowboy boots, that was because of Kramer, who gave his sneakers away. He slips and, you know, we don't see it, but he kind of he hits his face on the, the sidewalk. And I love the fact that, you know, we're supposed to believe that the the, the street toughs saw him slip and fall and we're like well he you did the damage to yourself we're not gonna even do any yeah. anymore and i love that that actually is is funny to me thinking mm-hmm. like honestly i would have liked to have seen that because it kind of falls in line with the the street tough that you think is going to be is going to mug his grandma but it turns mm-hmm. out to be helpful i'd like to actually have seen the street toughs like their facial reaction when they saw jerry take a dive yeah. and like see them go oh shit you yeah. know type of thing <laughs> yeah that would have been funny. All right, so at the apartment, Elaine, you know, had asked uh, Watley to get an idea um, about Jerry being invited or whatnot, and apparently, you know, she you couldn't tell. He said, you know, oh, why would why would he bring anything or whatever? They're trying to in- use the inflection of, you know, just tr- of what what was the emphasis on which syllable um, to try and figure out if Jerry is actually invited or not. Yeah, so. and. And it's I actually kind of like this because it's a little thing that comes into play a little bit later, comes yeah. back around. The dialogue in this one's definitely tighter than the last episode that we just reviewed. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Kramer comes in, and apparently the store, the shoe store, was empty. Everything you know that they had is gone. They took the shoes and everything, and they kind of have a weird conspiracy discussion if it was all on purpose, and Elaine kind of calls them out on, so this 48 years was all <laughs> yeah. just to steal some half-rate comedian's the shoes, basically, to steal Jerry's shoes. Yeah, yeah, uh, that's yeah. their plan, guys. That's yep, it. Exactly. <laughs> so, uh, George has an unsuccessful meeting uh, at the Yankees organization to promote, pr- promote, promote John Voigt <laughs> um, <laughs> at a Yankees game. Which was uh, kind of unnecessary, but it just, again just kind of shows how George is so hyped up on John Voigt, trying to trying to even make him a bigger star, so it makes him seem even more important because he's driving around in his old car. Yeah, allegedly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Elaine goes to get the passes for the Thanksgiving Day Parade. It's at this place with all these old people, basically, um, and they're kind of being annoyed, playing by this big band music that's right by her head. Um, yeah, and, and it's. It- 
it's at the Empire State Building, like so. I'm imagining oh, maybe right. maybe that's like a famous restaurant at because she named it, and I, I don't know. Okay. I kind of got the feeling that maybe that was a a famous restaurant at the Empire State Building or something. But yeah, a bunch of people who won who won the contest are there, and she's just there to yep. pick up her her tickets for Mr. Pitt. Yep, exactly. Uh, so while walking on the street, Kramer gets another nosebleed. Um, I guess just to tie him back in. Uh, but he does see John or tie in that he's getting these nosebleed nosebleed steals still, but they don't go anywhere. Yeah, I mean, th- I see the point of them earlier on just to get him to look up um, for the wires, but why? It's just not necessary. Whatever. But anyway, he sees John Voigt and he tries to ask him a question, and he kind of puts his hand on the window, and then John Voigt grabs his arm, <laughs> pulls it in, and bites him. <laughs> I love that they got the actor John Voight yeah. to bite actor Michael Richards' arm. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> it's great. I mean, that is, I just that I love that, funny. I love that John Voight did this. You know? Yeah. Um, now I was one hundred percent going to thought I was going to be on John Voight's side because, as even Kramer says later, you know, oh, he was totally justified. He thought I might be going for his water or something. You know, it's no big deal. Um, but when I looked at the actual, like what had happened, yes, Kramer's coming on strong, but he's an actor. I'm sorry, John Voight. You're not allowed to be an actor and be that famous and just complain, complain about people wanting to talk to you all the time. Then guess what? Get a fucking real job, um, and stop (laughs) bitching about your fame. I cannot stand that. That's a big fucking piss off of me. Then you know what? Then become somebody else, become a goddamn hairdresser or do something else. (laughs) Stop bitching about, oh my God, everyone wants to. Yeah, guess what? You chose that life. Yep. Yep. I'm with you, buddy. I'm with you. So I thought I was going to be on John Voight's side actually here because I thought Kramer was going to be a little extra aggressive because there is a line. If people just come up and want to try and talk to you and then you are, you know, a a real human and say like, no, get the fuck away from me or, you know, in in nicer words, you know, yeah, you're allowed to, to do that. But um kramer all kramer does is he comes up and he kind of puts his hand you know on like the the window to kind of like you know kind of talk to him john voight grabs his arm pulls him in and bites him so it's not like i thought kramer was actually yeah. I, I, in my head kramer like goes to grab him i thought it was was no he doesn't no. john voight pulls him and yeah. bites him and, and that's what i love about it because <laughs> it's, it's john voight's the one that's super aggressive yeah. here <laughs> yes. Yeah, he is the aggressor, one hundred percent. And honestly, I think I think what we know in real life about John Voight, I don't think that's far off. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely had some of that kind of stuff. So but no, too, had, too, hasn't he had some like yeah, yeah like drunken alcohol problems? And, and I, I think and so. And I mean, his his daughter is Angelina Jolie, and they have oh, massive yeah. problems as, as well. Yeah. But I, I mean, I'm with you, dude. I'm 100 percent with you. I don't think that it was 100 percent Kramer's fault on on this one. I do think John Voight overreacted, but I think therein lies the humor of it. True. Yeah. Exactly. To see him almost like a a maniac. animal. <laughs> yeah. yeah exactly. He is animal, a maniac. Yeah. <laughs> Hey everybody, Corey here. I just wanted to let you know that we'll be right back after these short messages. Hey everybody, I'm Corey. And I'm Zach. And we're the hosts of Podcasting After Dark, a cast dedicated to late night horror and sci-fi of the 80s and 90s, often found on HBO and Cinemax. You know, the movies your parents didn't want you watching as a kid. You can find us every other week on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Podbean, and Stitcher. This is what you want. This is what you get.
Have you been wondering where's the beef? Well, on our podcast, Throwback Trivia Takedown, you might just find that out, as well as some other things about the 70s, 80s, and 90s. We're a nostalgic-based trivia show that pits two challengers head-to-head in a duel of the decades, with categories ranging from movies, TV and music, to slang, food, and fashion. You're sure to get the best in retro-themed trivia. So strap on your jelly shoes, grab a surge, and walk like an Egyptian to your favorite podcast app and check out Throwback Trivia Takedown. I heard even Mikey likes it. Hey, everybody. Welcome to Talking Back, the podcast where we like to chat about past achievements in movies, comics, video games, and more. I'm your host, Tim, and with me today in studio is co-host Dean. Oh, hey, hey, Tim. Dean. Uh, This isn't a full episode. This is actually just an ad. All we have to do is tell everyone that our podcasts come out on Mondays and they can find us on their favorite podcatcher. If they're into movies, comics, or video games, they should definitely check us out. Oh, well then, thanks everybody for listening and we'll catch you next time. Talking back. And now, back to the show. At the apartment, uh, Jerry's two-thirds, as I mentioned, because he had his slip and fall. Um, and so he, Elaine kind of talks him into, you should go, or somebody talks to him, I can't remember, into going into this party because there are going to be a lot of dentists there because he can't currently get a, um, you know, he can't get a, a, an appointment currently. So he thinks, okay, yeah, all right, he will go to the party uh, and sneak in to try and find a dentist to check out his tooth. Kramer comes in, shows his bite impression. <laughs> and he wants a dentist to match the teeth marks to his arm to the pencil to confirm that it is John Voight's pencil or and slash John Voight's car. Yeah. So, um, but I do like how Jerry asks, oh, hey, can I go with you to the party? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And everyone keeps shooting him down because they don't want to be the person that brings in someone who's not invited. And I don't know. I don't think we addressed it, but like Tim Watley, the, the point of this party is that I think he his apartment is right at the beginning of the the actual where the 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 floats and everything oh, and, the, and everything. So okay. like his, apparently his apartment is just a great view of the whole thing. And then he has this thing every year. So it's kind of like a big deal, you know, but okay. I do. I had, I had a whole bitch, bitch moment. Um, so it must be, so you say this at the beginning of the, and the, the Thanksgiving day parade is very famously in the morning on Thanksgiving. Yeah. And that's why it's so dark when they're there because they're at the beginning of it. And I thought, they were at night. And so I had this whole bitch that I was going to be talking about, like, well, what the fuck? They're, it looks like they're at night, but the Thanksgiving Day Parade is during the day. And then when we see Mr. Pitt later yeah. on, it's during the day. All this inconsistency is bullshit. But that, you just explained that to me. Okay. Yeah, yeah, no, that 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 was them. They they did a good job on on the writing with that one. Um, but I will say, backing up what you were just saying about how no one wants to let him go, I do love how George says, "How am I going to feel if I showed up with an unwelcomed intruder?" And Jerry goes, "Same way I feel when I go anywhere yeah. with you." Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> I was like, "Yeah, good, it's good back and forth." It's what you do with friends. And and it's and this episode is a rare one because with Watley. Jerry's on on the low end like he's Jerry's usually the one everyone wants to be at the place it's always like we want you to come Jerry but we don't want George to come this is a rare occasion where it's Jerry that is not invited to the thing and it's it's fun to see him in a different light like this yeah it it is a bit refreshing just because you're right exactly it is always almost always the opposite 
So, all right, we cut to the party, and Jerry sneaks in. Uh, he's looking for a dentist, trying to be all sly, asking for a dentist. <laughs> dentist. 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 <laughs> dentist. We see, we see George and uh, Kramer looking out the window at the parade, and here's where I had a whole diatribe of, what's at night? What the fuck? Um, but I guess it's just the early morning, so that's all good. I am shutting up about that. Uh, Elaine comes in, but she can't hear anything because of that band that she sat next to uh, while she was getting her tickets for Mr. Pitt or the passes, and so she can't hear shit because they were playing right next to her head. Okay. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I, I give it eh because if I was her, I would know I can't talk, and I would just, I would hide. I wouldn't. I wouldn't go to the party, or I wouldn't try to hit on Tim Watley at this point. Or, or if he does hit on you, which is will happen, just tell him. Tell I was truth. at a concert last night yes. or just say something. I, I can't hear you right now, like at all. Exactly. Exactly. Like the playing it cool thing didn't make any sense. Nah, that was that so. was not that was pretty weak in my opinion. Yep. So we do see Tim Watley played by Brian Cranston. A who very is, uh... <laughs> young Brian Cranston. Yeah. Yes. This was uh before Malcolm in the Middle, obviously before Breaking Bad, uh before he played uh uh, the big floating head in uh, the Power Rangers movie. Um, <laughs> <laughs> the bad guy in the fucking Total Recall remake, which sucked ass. Oh, fuck. He he played Cohagen in that? Oh, yeah. yeah, he did. Oh, man, that was that was Ronnie Cox's role in the original, too, man. Uh, yeah. Oh, that movie sucked ass. <laughs> it did. <laughs> it did. But Brian Cranston, even though I think – I don't think he's really done anything after Breaking Bad that I've loved. Um but who cares? I mean, between Tim Watley, Malcolm in the Middle Dad, and Breaking Bad, the guy's a fucking god in the TV world. Were you a Malcolm in the Middle fan? Uh, I, I did not watch the show all the way through, but I liked what I saw from it. Okay. I, yeah. I'm pretty much the exact same thing. Whenever I caught an episode, I was like, okay, yeah. I, I like this, but I never went out of my way to watch it. I think at that point, like, I think I was in college at that point and didn't have cable. TV was not yeah. really a thing that I was interested in watching, you know, when you're in college. And I... And say so for me, it was probably I was probably just like I was a little bit if I was more close to the ages of the kids. Yeah, I would have liked it better, but I was a little bit older. And so like, you know, on a similar aspect, say I, I was more tied to like a home improvement because mm-hmm. I kind of grew up with those kind of ages of the kids. But by the time Malcolm in the Middle came, I was just a little bit older. So I'd seen things here and there, but it wasn't one that I was like fully invested. Yeah. Yeah. But so. always a good show whenever I caught it. Agreed. Just like right. Tim the Toolman Taylor. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Yeah, I do too, right. man. I do too, buddy. Yeah. All right. I mean, dude, I'm not gonna lie. So we we recently bought a house, and I've I've wanted. I haven't really made the jokes yet, but in my head. Every time, like, we're talking about improving the house, I want to do some, like, stupid power tool and grunt and be like, oh, man, I'm going to become Tim the Toolman Taylor. Oh, 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 oh. I want to do <laughs> and And I haven't made it. I just In my head, though, because I know if I did, Keish would look at me and be like, who the fuck did I marry? Fuck you. <laughs> yeah, no. Keep it in your head, buddy. Keep it in there. Yeah. So, uh, all right. Um, but Watley does see Jerry. Um, and as we mentioned before, he's about to confront him, but Elaine comes over, she can't hear him and she mistakes something that he says, you know, holding up like some nuts or whatever. And she's like, Oh no, no, I don't want that. But he was actually asking her out on a date. Um, so yeah, she, she fucked that up. Yep. Uh, Kramer and George talk to a dentist about the marks. Uh, but we also noticed that, uh, Watley has the pencil <laughs> that he grabbed a little, you know, uh, just earlier in the same scene to write something down, but now he has it in his mouth. 
to me that's a bit gross when you're using like yeah, someone yeah, else's yes. pencil and you've noticed chew marks on it and then you put it in your mouth. At the same time, I know I've like accidentally done it before, sure. uh, yeah. but it is still kind of gross. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> especially in you know post twenty twenty, very gross. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so George, you know, mentions mentions no, you know, just that's John Voight's pencil, and I'm driving his car, and here's where we find out, yeah, it's John Voight. John Voight, the periodontist, <laughs> not John Voight, the actor, because Tim Watley went to dental school with him. Yes. But I'm yeah. <laughs> so uh, Jerry ends up knocking off the statue that Elaine had for some fucking reason. Uh, it's like the Statue of Liberty um, statue. Or, no, it was, it, was, um, it was the Empire State Building. It was, I, what I, said, it, I, I yeah. said, said I, I meant Empire State Building. My bad. So it has yeah. it has a pointy top. That That's all that matters, you know. Yeah. And, and, you know, and he's, he knocks it off because... Elaine puts it on an open window and then yeah. and then Jerry leans his head back through the window to have another dentist examine his chipped tooth. It was such like a contrived set of circumstances, you know? Like I was like, what the fuck is going on? Yeah, yeah, 100%. So, um yeah, ends up popping Woody Woodpecker uh and then Later on, at the next day, they're watching like footage from the Thanksgiving Day parade, and we see Mr. Pitt underneath it as it had popped and struggling. Um, and yeah, and it, it, yeah, and, and it's it's whatever. But uh, going back to the to the previous scene, one thing I did like is when he popped it. They, they had an air machine blowing air back up through the window, so it was uh, like blowing him back and everything. But we never understood why Watley didn't want him there. And he says, he goes, what is he? Kramer and George are talking about Woody Woodpecker. I, I like that. He was like, oh, yeah. what is he? Some sign, some kind of an instigator. And he's like, that's right. He's a troublemaker. But then like, we we find out yeah, that they brought that, that line back a couple times. Yeah, and, and that Jerry's Jerry's a troublemaker, and that's why Watley didn't want him there, and that's why Jerry says, uh, you know, he does the Woody Woodpecker laugh or something. I did not get why Watley, and they never yeah. even explained it why why Watley did not want Jerry there. No, doesn't make. I mean, to think Kramer and George are lesser troublemakers is just ridiculous. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I, I agree. It would have been nice to get some kind of throwaway line or something that gave us that kind of decision. Um, yeah, I mean, yeah. Or even have this after the anti-dentite stuff or something. I don't know. Uh, but I love that we're going to get that later. Yeah, but, uh, uh, yeah, me too. And, I mean, and honestly, right. like, the, the thing that my takeaway from this is that I love all the love Woody Woodpecker was getting this episode because I loved Woody Woodpecker as a kid. Okay. And, you know, I mean, that's that's a character that's kind of completely faded away at this point. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's really... I mean, a lot of those Looney Tune kind of characters, like, nobody gives a shit about anymore. Yeah, yeah. So, um, All right, so then Jerry gets a random call from a guy uh, who had apparently bought the sneakers from him. And I, I do like... They, they almost go somewhere with this where they have, he asks, he's calling Jerry, I guess how he got his number, I'm not really sure. Um, but he said, yeah, these people sold me sneakers at a yard sale because they said they were once owned by Jerry Seinfeld. And then Jerry immediately takes that to, oh, where where was it? I'm going to go try and get them. But I think it's like they're tying in this guy buying the shoes for the same reason George did. But they didn't really, they didn't really do enough with it to make it funny for me. Yeah. Uh, so, so then Jerry and Kramer take a bus to go off and Kramer starts getting his nosebleed and he's just kind of like sitting off. Um, and he's like, I'm falling apart. 
this is kind of a, a you know while he's on the bus, which is a reference to Dustin Hoffman's character who dies on the bus um, while they're driving. Uh, sorry, spoiler alert. <laughs> and and I think and I think it's because like so the nosebleed thing I think was peppered in just for this last stinger bit you know or the, this last little thing yeah but here. it's not dustin Hoffman wasn't get, didn't get a nosebleed in the movie right i know i know i i know i know and i mean and i like the fact that like jerry puts his arm around him like how they do in the movie but then kramer yeah. is you know kramer's not dying he's not dustin hoffman so he's like no. what are you doing <laughs> i like yeah. i thought that was funny and but just obviously yeah, yeah it, it, it was but. it was it was okay and it's weird it's it's like also an old reference but i guess it's because it's john voight um but real quick the guy on the phone that calls uh um jerry is dan frischman and i remember him from head of the class 1986 through 1991 he was like one of the main you know people on that show head of the class and uh with uh howard hessman who was on wkrp in cincinnati and everything and uh yeah dude that was that was a show i actually watched a lot back in the day robin givens was in it as well Good old Robin Givens. Yeah, dude, that's that's a blast from the past. So, but yeah, so <laughs> yeah. I recognized him. I was like, "Holy crap, I recognize that dude!" And yeah, he's been in a, a ton of shit. Okay, yeah, I'm looking him up. Um, yeah, he's on Keenan and Kale for a while. He had a yeah, Head of the Class, which I never really watched. Head of the Class. Well, yeah, you were a little young in '86. Yeah, I was too young for yeah, that. That was yeah, a little well, I was born in '85, yep. so yeah, a little young. To to before your time, so. Yep. So yeah, I I, I did watch some of Keenan and Kale, but um, yeah. Okay. All right. And then uh, we get a stand-up on marching bands. I was thinking of John the whole time. Your brother. <laughs> yeah, my brother. My brother's a big marching band nerd. Yeah. It's the marching band is a perfect example of taking something bad and making it difficult, too. I mean, why does the band have to march? What's the deal? <laughs> uh, we're not moving. Maybe if they held still, we can all leave. Is that why they do it? People try and get away? No, you don't. I'm right with you, buddy. Uh, the human urge, and then it just segues into a whole nother thing. The human urge to wave at total strangers just moving by is very strong. Parades and ocean liners and those little trains that go through the amusement park. It's always that, it's always that bittersweet hello, goodbye combo wave. Just, I've never seen these people before in my life and now they're leaving. I that was bad. I did yes. a bad job with it, and yeah. it was like a weird. It had no connection to the first part of it, right? Like it was a weird non sequitur in like segue into a new fucking thing. Yes, it was. It didn't make sense, and also the marching band. Like, no. what's the deal with marching band? It was like, well, they're just for fucking entertainment. So remember, like a couple episodes ago, you were like, "Man, I miss the 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 the, the finishing the finale <laughs> yeah. standups." Yeah. And when I saw that one was coming for this, I was like, "Oh, you know," because I felt the same way as you. I was like, "I like these yep. little buttons." And then we have this one, and it's yeah. one of the worst ones. Both of them, one of the worst ones I've ever heard. And I'm like, "Huh." Well, I'm back to wanting the, the stingers again. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I know. It's definitely a disappointment. Um, and speaking of disappointments, uh, all right, I'll start off talking about this episode. Now, I wouldn't call this a disappointment, but we definitely had some issues with the thing with this episode. You know, I think things worked well together, uh, and and meaning, I think writing wise, with how they had the story. I say story wise, um, I loved seeing Steve or Tim Watley. Um, and they did a good job of kind of like the cause and effect in this episode where things, you know, kind of came around or things were intertwining. Like I had kind of previously mentioned where, okay, Jerry, uh, 
is out of shoes, so he has to wear cowboy boots. But because of his cowboy boots, he slips while running away from the guys, uh, and so he knocks his tooth. But um, he's, you know, all this kind of stuff are as good kind of things led to other things, and it all kind of made sense on the story aspect. Um, but execution was was kind of mediocre to me. Um, there was no standout. The the I would say the good standup at the beginning was hurt by the bad standup at the end, so that evened out to just kind of mediocre. Even uh, the Steven. John Voight, even Steven, exactly, very even Steven. The John Voight cameo was a bit weird, funny, but weird. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I thought the mom and pop stuff fell completely flat. So uh, ultimately, I gave this a dead ringer in the middle, two point five out of five chewed pencils. Ah. John Voight chewed pencils. <laughs> Bro. My backup is John Voight chewed arms, so you can pick whichever one you want. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah, bro. I truly 100% feel exactly the same way as you do. Uh, I like the things that you liked about it. I had the same problems as you had with it. And truth be told, my man, I it landed exactly the same place, 2.5 deflated Woody Woodpecker balloons out of five. Dead center, dude. Deflated peckers? I know all about that. <laughs> deflated peckers, exactly. <laughs> I mean, yeah, there, there was some good stuff in there. This, it was it was, it was, was better than the previous episode, I would say, yeah. but not really by much, unfortunately. So, boy, dude, we are in a valley. Like you said last episode, we are in a little bit of a valley right now, man, but... Looking at what's coming, I'm hoping that we pick up and they just kind of front-loaded the weaker episodes, you know, and that we're going to have some stronger ones towards the end, although we do know that we're going to have the 100th episode coming up towards the end, and that's kind of yeah. like a, it's a two-parter, so it's like a, we don't, we, Adam and I still don't even know how to tackle that fucking episode. Like, we were just talking about that offline. Um, so we do know how that's coming, but there's some good shit coming. Dude, still no Newman. And we are eight episodes into season six. I know this is this is this is angering Adam. <laughs> Adam Adam is not happy, <laughs> and Adam divided. <laughs> but we have Watley now. We have like yeah. it's kind of cool because in our character, our side character repertoire, we now have Watley. Last episode yeah. we have Banya, so you know we are starting to get these yeah, but like, side characters. But yeah. but interesting also to see both of the episodes of characters that we like were not strong introductions to side no, characters that we like. Neither of them. Yeah. Exactly. And, and and you know we, I know we're gonna get some again later, but like fuck, they gave us a Mickey and then they threw him away already. Like give give me a give me like one more Mickey soon. Yeah. You know, get definitely give me Newman soon. Like it's, uh, I'm craving, man. I'm fucking. I, I, I haven't my Newman itch. All right, I and I am. Um, I, I, I don't. What, what's it called when you? Uh, like the seven year itch or something. Whatever. No, no, no. no. <laughs> seven year itch is when you when you want to cheat on somebody. <laughs> Is that what that is? When, I've never yeah. known what the seven-year itch meant. I never knew what it meant. Yes. So it's, it's I don't know. They have like this common saying of like, oh, wait, when you're with somebody for seven years, you get the itch to be with someone else. And so it's the itch to cheat on them. Oh, that's so that's what yeah. that movie's about. That's what the name's yes, about. It's about an affair. This falls into the category of something I've mentioned before where like I'm too old now and I should know. So I'm afraid to ask. 
<laughs> okay. Uh, no, it, I was trying to think of what is it when like you're having uh, withdrawals. I'm oh, okay. having because like I'm addicted to Newman and I'm getting Newman withdrawals right now, mm-hmm. and I'm I'm starting to get the shakes. And like something that that both this episode and the last episode had in common was a lot of threads that we didn't get any answers to. Mm-hmm. Like last episode, we didn't get anything with George. Like like yeah. when we when George found out that his, that girl didn't have a, or didn't have a boyfriend, he was just like mm-hmm. he just got mad and nothing came of it. Here we never found out why Watley doesn't like Jerry. And, you know, I can say... Even, though, even the mom and pop stuff doesn't finish the, the mom and pop stuff doesn't finish. But, like, I know we could say, well, maybe we'll find out later why Watley doesn't like Jerry. But I don't feel like we will. Because thinking thinking back but in the future at the same time because that's a weird conundrum that we live in. Like, <laughs> I'm thinking, that like, I don't remember and Whitley... Watley being ever like as antagonistic to to Jerry as he is in this episode here. Yeah, I would agree because they seem like fairly friends. Yeah. Uh, to, I mean, to, but I think there, well, I think there are some things against him. Okay. Um, but, but yeah, we'll I don't see. Know. We'll see how it plays out. I mean, obviously, we'll see how it plays out. But that is one thing that both of these episodes had in common. I think the writing is just so far is just not as tight as it has been in the past. Yeah. Uh, and then maybe that's the lack of Larry Charles. Yeah, I think I truly think it probably is. So, yeah. yeah. Okay. All right. Well, good times. And what is always a good time is the BFOB Network. Adam, can you give it to me, baby? Just say it. Just say it once. What? I never heard of this network. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? <laughs> BFOB! <laughs> the Beef Up Network. It is the greatest network in the land. If you need a podcast about nostalgia, you should go check out anything on the Beef Up Network. Check out www.beefupnetwork.com. We have amazing shows like Talking Back, Podcasting After Dark, obviously Cartwright of Seinfeld Podcast, obviously. Blast from Past, Throwback Trivia Takedown, Podcasting After Dark, if I already said that one, I can't remember if I did or not. <laughs> uh, and then two of our newest shows, one of them being Action Action, which is an awesome podcast that has been around for around three years and they're going through every single action movie that they can get their hands on uh so they've got a lot of awesome stuff that they i can guarantee you like some of the movies they have already discussed so go check them out and besides that Corey, could you tell us a little about about the other latest podcast that we have called people don't forget yes this is uh, an awesome nostalgia podcast by scott grimes who he he comes from the bench warmers podcast trivia podcast which is a fantastic trivia show so he has the pedigree behind him he is a great dude i am so happy to be talking to him and having him in our network he produces a fantastic show so please go check out that check out action action check out everything on the bfop network and we are growing guys growing and showing Woo-hoo. are you a grower or you a shower we're both baby at the beef network we're both baby at the beef <laughs> that's right and we will see all of y'all in our next episode when we talk the secretary Hello, everybody. I'm Adam. I'm John. And every week we are giving you a blast from our past. 
We are the podcast that brings you full-on movie breakdowns, TV show reviews, album reviews, top tens, and more, all from the things of our nostalgic past. So please join us every single week on the Blast From Our Past podcast. You can find us on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, however you listen to podcasts, you can find us, and we would love to have you take a trip with us to the land of nostalgia. 